Hello, my name is Gabriella Geronimo, and I am a graduate student at the University of Rhode Island in the Restoration Ecology class. So today we'll be interviewing Lisa Wally, and first I'll have her introduce herself and ask, what is your name, where do you work, and what is your title? My name is Lisa Wally, and I work at the Eastern District Headquarters of the Connecticut DEEP with the Wildlife Division, basically their habitat group. <clears throat> and I'm not actually a state employee. I'm not actually a, a, a DEP, DEEP biologist. I'm a, um, I'm a contractor with the Wildlife Management Institute. And that's a non, a national nonprofit who's basically their, their function is to, um, they're largely a grant writing agency and they put a lot of boots on the ground to do wildlife management throughout the country. I work with a group in the Eastern U.S. Um, and they put boots on the ground where needed so habitat projects can be, can be done. So I'm part of a cadre of, of, of biologists and foresters who contract with them. So um, that's, that's who I am and what I do <laughs> or who I work great. for. Um, so next we'll ask, what is your education and training? I have my formal education um, is a bachelor's of Bachelor of Science from the State University of New York in, in Syracuse, the College of Environmental Science and Forestry. It's a college with the longest name in the universe. <laughs> but it's, um, it's um, and, and my degree from there was in forest biology. And then I joined the Peace Corps um, after that and utilized my fisheries part piece of that, came back and got a master's at the University of Connecticut in their natural resources department okay. and with a with a focus on wildlife management. Awesome. Um, so the next, how long have you been working in restoration and what did you do before that? So I've been working formally in, you know, wildlife habitat restoration. So eight years formally in in that. And I've had quite a varied career because my background was, was broad. Um, I've worked as a marine science educator for Project Oceanology down in Groton. Um, I did water quality education with high school teachers and their classes for a number of years. And I worked at the DEEP um, water Bureau doing water quality monitoring and reporting for them. This was always where my heart was. Yeah. So finally, I, I actually left that, that, uh, Water Bureau job. It wasn't, it wasn't at all well suited to me. I, I picked up a lot of really great skills yeah. there. I learned a lot and I, I quit and I got a job, you know, I started back kind of at the bottom of the, the heap and I, and I, and and I worked my way up pretty quickly because I had some good skill sets. Yeah. But um, and and I was an environmental analyst in in that that position. But um, but I basically came back to the to the wildlife division and and started as a as a seasonal and a part timer. And eventually, this contract job came up and I and I fell into it. it had a, I I could do what they needed to do. So I was very grateful to yeah. to to fall into that. That's awesome. Um, and then what kinds of projects do you work on? Um, can you provide a few examples as well? Sure. Um, the main part of my job is working with private landowners, and that includes um, land trusts and sportsmen's clubs and, and conservation groups, as well as a private landowner who own a sizable chunk of property. We generally work with people with 
40 acres or more, sometimes smaller, to create patches of young forest or shrubland thicket for the suite of species that we're concerned with. And that all started with um, New England cottontails mm -hmm. as, as the driver behind all of this, when that was a candidate species for listing as um, so there was there was a large push for that. So so my my work involves um, either initiating contact with it, with with private landowners or, or receiving calls, going out and and working with them and a forester, and then going to the Natural Resources Conservation Service, mm -hmm. part of the the USDA, for funding for habitat work for forest owners um, if they qualify to put habitat patches on the ground. So we work closely with them and and uh, generally those those projects involve cutting down a patch of mature trees and just allowing that to regenerate as um, as young forest, as the dense thicket that the animals require. So that's that's typically what we do. Sometimes we work in um, in old field situations to try to enhance habitat in there and and get a get a, um, a native shrubland back back on those. It's all that's a lot harder to do to get natives back in a, in an old field situation. Yeah. We also do a lot of outreach. We put articles in Connecticut Wild. Life. We do talks for people as requested. So we do our best to get the word out about this project, mostly to inform people that sometimes cutting trees is a good thing for wild yeah. wildlife. And that's a that's a tough pill to swallow for a lot of people. And we still have a lot of critics who, who think that that's not right. So so most of that is is you know is is getting people involved in the project to put the habitat on, doing outreach, and then finally. I spend a lot of time, unfortunately, in any of these jobs, <laughs> reporting, you know, managing. And I kind of, you know, I keep track of what all of all the biologists and foresters in this project are doing in the state because that all needs to be reported back. Yeah. So so that's probably my least favorite aspect of this, <laughs> but it takes up a good chunk of time. Yeah. So that's what I do, too. But it's a nice mix of field and and and, and computer work, office, mapping. You know, I get a lot of that's yeah. really neat. Um, so what kinds of expertise does it take to accomplish a successful restoration project? For a, a typical project that w we do, it takes mapping skills mm -hmm. in order to accurately map that out and convey that information to NRCS because they have to map it too. And, and you know, if they're going to gonna write a contract with that landowner, they need to know how, many, how much acreage they're going to fund. Um, it takes good field skills to go out and and look at an area and say this is appropriate or this is not appropriate. And I've gone out to properties where I've looked at it and said this is not speaking bunny to me at all. <laughs> it's there's something or this part of the property isn't and and taken you know we have service foresters here too that i've asked to come out and say you know what do you think here is there a way we could we could work a project in here somewhere and finally you need to be able to write mm -hmm. you need to be able to write up that that plan and deliver that to the landowners so they can read it and nrcs can use that to evaluate the project for funding um and of course you need people skills because mm -hmm. We're dealing with the public all the time. So all of the technical skills and the people school skills and the wildlife skills are all absolutely necessary for oh. this job. 
Um, so what are the biggest scientific gaps that we'll need to fill in order to improve restoration efforts? For this particular animal, yeah, I think um, I think what we, we don't know is if these efforts are being effective all the time. I think in some places we certainly know because we, we've documented New England cottontails showing up. One of the confounding issues here in Connecticut, especially, and in Rhode Island, even probably more so, is we have this competing bunny, mm-hmm. the eastern cottontail. And it's it's not that they're out there fighting with each other, but if a habitat patch is occupied by eastern cottontails, there's not there's just not room, you know, for, due to carrying capacity mm-hmm. issues, there's not room to, to move in New England cottontails. Yeah. So the trick is to create these patches where you know you're going to get New England's moving in. So that's the kind of questions that 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 we're we're looking at is mm-hmm. is are you know is, is the work we're doing effect you know, being effective. Um, what is your favorite project that you have worked on in New England? Um, this is a, it, it's the, because of the people. It's, um, it was a project with Litchfield Hills Audubon Society in the town of Litchfield. And um, it was really funny because I went out with a, our forester and our resource assistant and a planner from NRCS thought it was kind of routine, like they had already put in an application, they were ready to go. And I was actually in the truck with a, a member of the board from Litchfield Hills, and he said, you know, there's been a little opposition to this among board members. And I said, oh, okay. He said, you might you might hear some criticism today. <laughs> so we got to the parking lot, and there were about 20 cars there, and there were people pouring out of them with very grim faces. They were kind of like, you're not going to take a tree down over my dead body. Oh, and it was, um, it was daunting. And we were asked, you know, our gold standard was doing a 25 acre cut, which is very large, mm-hmm. unless you've got a lot, a lot of property. Anyway, in the parking lot, we we did a lot of explaining that the reason we have to do large patches is because this bunny can't exist in a small patch. It they they can't it can't support a, a viable population because they have to, and they're all in decline. Most of them are in decline because we're losing this component. And we walked around, and and even that day there was a big turnaround in attitude. And since then, they're the, the actually the stewards of that property, the two people, um, there are a couple, the, the Martins, Debbie and, and Rich Martin, have just been such great supporters of this work. They're so happy with the project. They can't wait to figure out where to do their next cut down there. Yeah. And um, and they're featured. They're actually featured on the website, but. Um, but the woman who had donated the property had actually kept a bird count for 35 years every day. Wow. So um, so a lot of the birds that she knew in in um, in in the the middle of the last century had disappeared because the area had all grown up. So that's been my favorite and I always look back on it cuz they're such cool people and they're, you know, she she's an artist and he's a photographer. His his photos are all through here. But um it's just it's just fun. That's it's been fun to work with them. Yeah. So that's been my favorite project. <laughs> but honestly, there are great projects. I love working with land trusts. I love working with sportsmen's groups are great. But um, but that one sticks out because it was such, it started out so negative and it, and it turned out very positive. Okay. What are your biggest challenges during restoration? 
And I'd say, you know, some of that, some of that is, 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 is winning people over. Yeah. And once you've done that, um, the physical work is, 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 is timing, lining up the contractor. Um, every site is different. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you get great regeneration, sometimes not so much, and it takes more time. Mm -hmm. And it's a matter of patch, um, patience to, to see those areas grow up. One of the, the challenges, I, I think, this is, a, this is a tough thing to get, aside from cutting trees is a good idea to get across the public. Sometimes we find these New England cottontails. In fact, often we find them in dense patches of multiflora rose, mm -hmm. which is a nasty invasive that people love to hate. Mm -hmm. I used to love to hate this plant too. And then, you know, once I realized like, oh my God, this is harboring a, a population. And if you think about what multiflora is, it's this it was planted as a living fence because you can't get through it. <laughs> and, um, and it's where we find a lot of these rabbits. So here we've got, the, now it comes to the dilemma. It's like, okay, somebody wants to do habitat restoration here, but really what they want to do is wipe out these invasives. Mm -hmm. But that is the habitat. Mm -hmm. So so we when people want to do that, we, we go about that carefully. You can't go into a large patch of multiflora rose that's holding New England cottontails mm -hmm. and wipe that out just just in one right. fell swoop you've got to do that incrementally mm -hmm. that's great thank you so much i just wanted to take the time to thank you for interviewing with me today and for agreeing to do this podcast